Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from New York City. Welcome to the show, Sam Peyrovi. Hey, Victor. Nice to meet you. Thanks for uh, having me on. Well, great to have you here. Now, Sam, you're working in a particular arena, which is a different form of real estate. 70% of the world is covered by water. And we're going to be talking about real estate on water today. But before we do, maybe give a little bit of your backstory and how you got to this point in your journey. Sure thing. Yeah. So I, uh, I grew up in California. I moved to New York in 2001 on Wall Street. I spent 14 years in investment banking, uh, working on mortgage uh, debt securities, uh, some of the major investment banks. It lasted that market you know, much longer than most people do or try to with 14 years. And then I kind of went into an entrepreneurial journey. I launched a retail technology startup, which is still operating. We eventually opened a hospitality business for that called Custom House in New York City. That's where I'm sitting at now. And then we opened up a second location in Miami. And then we tried to figure out our next step. You know, what, what's our permanent location for Custom House Miami? Kind of fell in love with Miami's aquatic culture and got this crazy idea to build a floating private membership club in Miami. It's gone exceptionally well, and we're seeing a lot of demand globally for it. So we now have a full roadmap and plan on how to expand this network of floating social clubs around the world. And then what do we do 10 years from now? There's so many parts of the world that I can think of that would really lend themselves extremely well to that. I'm thinking Dubai. I'm thinking Cape Coral, Florida. Many places around the world that are low-lying areas where there is this interplay between the land and the water, that there's a lot of untapped potential. What's the vision? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're nailing it, right? Dubai is one of our first seven cities. So our company is actually a two-phase company. In its first phase, we are purely focused on building this network of floating social clubs. Seven locations in five years, an additional 20 to 25 locations in the subsequent five years. But when you really think about it as a social club, we can be 30 to 50 locations max. After that, you're really diluting your business and your business model and the exclusivity factor. But that still leaves 99% of the world's waterways untapped. And we actually want to become the first company that really helps create this shift to water and monetizing access to the world's waterways. And so what we're going to do somewhere around that seven to 10 year point is we're going to create a service layer where we help other hospitality companies, whether it's a hotel, bar, nightlife, restaurant, or it might not even be hospitality. We're going to help them get out onto water as well. By that point, we will have all the permitting know-how, uh, access to the vessels, integrated financing, staffing design. We can show up to the Ritz-Carlton's doorstep or any other hospitality business and say, let us help you get on water in a very seamless and quick, and more importantly, a riskless way. Because any of these companies who wanted to do it themselves, they would have to spend years banging their heads the same way we are right now to get this up and running. Why not take what we've learned and just create it into a service layer and help everybody else do it? And by the way, if Ritz's you know, on-water bar doesn't go that well, we can simply just wind it down and move those boats or those vessels to the next customer or to a different part or use them for a different concept. So this is a huge, when you're on water, flexibility that water gives you to move around is amazing. The vessels that we're using are tremendously modular, so we can scale up, scale down venues, 
Um, and it's a, it's a perfect concept to help take advantage of the waterways. If you think about the world's major cities, whether it's London, Istanbul, Rome, they're all centered around a major waterway, whether it's the Thames River, the Tiber River, and so on. All of these cities have built around water, and guess what? The real estate surrounding that water is off the charts expensive. And I've seen numerous examples of folks coming in with maybe a barge, maybe some kind of vessel, and basically coming in, doing a one-upmanship, a leapfrog, on some of these terrestrial-based facilities at a fraction of the cost because they don't have to pay for the real estate. Yeah, 100%. And there's actually two themes that are interplaying on each other here. You know, obviously, in the next 30 to 50 years, many believe we're going to see rising sea levels, and that's going to affect how those waterfront businesses operate, what they can do. But if you are a waterfront business right now, you are blocked in from three sides. You probably have a parking lot behind you. You have a competing business to your left and your right. And that only leaves one direction for you to go, and that's out onto water. And nobody's really doing it yet. And the other crazy thing is water rights are free. I try to stay away from calling water real estate because water doesn't get taxed. Houseboats don't get taxed. Uh, this is a big case down in Miami. So what we basically are going to see happen in the next 30 to 50 years is water is going to become more and more valuable every day. And the first companies that take advantage of monetizing that are the ones that are going to be ahead of the game. I think that's very smart. And I think you're also smart to focus on the high end. Anytime you try a new concept, you don't want to do it at the mass market where it becomes a commodity. You want to start at the premium level where people are willing to pay a premium, where you can extract the most value. After all, building vessels is not cheap. It's going to be higher construction costs than stick built construction on land. So you have to get it back somehow. And that's by delivering a premium product. Apart from the shell of the structure, what have you found is the business model that seems to make the most sense where you can actually monetize something in a particular premium location? Well, you're dead right that you have to start with uh, the more premium market, right? If you look at any of these other companies that are doing pre-sales on new technologies, Tesla probably being the best example, they didn't start with the Model 3, they started with the Model S and even before that, the Roadster, right? And then they worked down into more mass markets. We're actually doing the same exact thing by creating our own private membership club because when there's only 5, 10, 20 locations around the world where people can get out in a hospitality environment on water. And I'm not talking about your average boat cruise, right? I'm talking about what is a platform out on water that is looking different than anything else you've ever seen. People are going to pay up for that. And so our membership is a 10,000 annual membership. We've already sold out the first year of access in Miami. We're now opening up access to the next six locations, four of which are US. And then it's Paris, Istanbul, and Dubai. So you're right on top of the cities we're talking about, right? It makes sense. And then from there, you start to look at what are the next 20 cities that this can work in. And then once you've tapped out those cities that this can work in, you start to work for other clients and other customers, right? So let's take a city in uh, Mexico, Acapulco, for example. We don't believe that's a future home for Arc House. Are there a lot of waterfront hospitality companies that could and should have a water-based presence? Absolutely. And so as long as the economics on the vessels work and we can make the business model work, 
We can come in and set it up. They take very low risk. They might not even have to finance the vessels because we can integrate that financing and take it against future revenue. And it effectively operates monetarily very similar to an arc house, but it's de-risked for that vendor. As someone who spends a big time, a big part of their life on the water uh, as a sailor, I'm very attuned to the notion that the sea is temperamental. So these are obviously going to be located in a place that is a sheltered waterway where you've got as a minimum land on three sides or or breakwaters or some form of protection. You're not going to be facing a sheer cliff in the open ocean. Absolutely right. So the vessels that we are actually using for our private membership club are built by our partner, Arc Up. So our company is Arc House, the club. They are Arc Up, the vessel builder. Miami-based company, amazing, amazing team. You know, they're the brains and the designers behind the vessels. And ARCUP, their first wave is the 40-footers. They have one very famous vessel that is in Miami. It's their showcase vessel. It's called the ARCUP 75. Uh, many have seen it on Netflix. The 40-footers now are meant for intracoastal bodies of water, lakes, rivers, base. They are not seagoing. While they can go out on the sea, it's not something we would put out there for a club. And when they are in a bay, as long as that bay is less than 16 feet deep, these vessels technically don't sit in water. They have spuds or stilts that go down, hit the seabed, and elevate the entire vessel, or in our case, four vessels that make a club out of water. And now the club's not rocking. So we're in a very stable environment, no waves. And even where there are waves, they roll right under the club because it's floating four feet above water. Eventually, ARCUP is going to build 60-footers and 80-footers. We are probably their largest client. I can't confirm that, but I think we are. And we are guiding and working with them to expand into commercial vessels and larger vessels. So we will eventually see 80-footer and possibly 100-foot vessels made by ARCUP. And at that point, we could be out on open water. That's going to take a lot of other research and diligence to make sure that's something we can do. You have to put in breaks, as you mentioned. There's a lot of research that's going to have to go into that, but that's at least five years out before we're out on uh, open ocean. Fabulous. And when you talk about a, a vessel of any kind, stability is always a question as well. If I think about a modern cruise ship, these days it looks like a floating apartment building with all the balconies, and they only draw 20, 25 feet and go up 14 stories. The way they get their stability is by having lots of beam. They're very wide. So take an extraordinarily large wave to roll that onto its side, although theoretically its other point of stability would be upside down, uh, as uh, as can happen. How high are you building these? The ARCUP vessels are only two stories. So each individual vessel, and I know we haven't really gotten into this yet, but each individual vessel is a 40-footer, 16 feet wide beam. And then the total unit is 640 square foot interior and then a roof deck that's the same, 640 square foot. They look like rectangular cubes. They don't look like boats. And then on the lower level, you have a wraparound deck, 360 degrees that you can walk around. In total, it's about 2,100 square feet per vessel. Now, what we do is we're not just getting one vessel, we're getting four of them. And we connect these four at the corners, and then it creates this almost a 10,000 square foot platform that is just floating out on open water. And then in the middle of that is a 40 by 40 
Baywater pool, which is, you know, 1600 square feet. And then this entire platform, again, doesn't actually sit in water. It's hovering about three feet above water because it's on those spuds that are that elevated out of water. And the cool thing is it's completely solid. We've walked on the original vessel, the Arc Up 75. You feel like you're standing on concrete. It doesn't rock one bit, even when waves are rolling under you. And the last thing you want is a membership club is a hundred people eating and drinking on a rocking boat. Absolutely. There's a lot of folks that are reluctant to go out on water, even with just a very small amount of motion. Something that for myself, for example, as someone who's accustomed to being on the water, I wouldn't even feel it. Some people are quite sensitive. So definitely respect the notion that being anchored to spuds or pilings that are driven into the into the sea bottom or into the lake bottom definitely provides that stability. So this sounds like a sizable investment well ahead of having revenue. How are you financing this whole project? Well, we are raising uh, capital on two fronts right now. One is equity and one is debt financing for the vessels themselves. Uh, you know, both of these, they're going to rely on how much traction we have. So I'll tell you a little bit about that. You know, first and foremost, in Miami, which is our first club, we have already sold out the year one access. In year two, we'll double that access and that'll be the top. But we anticipate that year two and beyond access will be sold out even we, before we open for year one. So from a customer traction perspective, amazing traction. The vessels are entering production this March. Uh, we will begin to receive them towards the end of the summer and open up in October. So we're on track for that. We have some term sheets for the vessel financing already, but we are always looking for improved terms. And then from a regulatory perspective, we have specialized legal counsel in Washington, D.C., working with U.S. Coast Guard to make sure that we fully fit within the regulatory environment. And where there may be some small tweaks or permits that we are getting those, I would say we're about 90% of the way there. Um, they know everything we're doing, fully buttoned up, uh, above board, for lack of a better term. So excited about that. And then the vessels we finance, we put down a 30% deposit on them and we finance the subsequent 70%. This can be done either via a simple debt or via what's called a sale leaseback structure. And we have some term sheets already on the sale leaseback side. And again, looking for better terms. So that's one side. On the other side is our equity raise. In 2022, we raised a little over a million dollars in a combo of uh, equity and simple debt to get us to where we are today, to be able to put down those deposits, sell the memberships and be where we are. We're now launching into a $3 million seed round, which will probably fully launch in February or March. Right now we're identifying our lead investor. We already have a handful of co-investors that are excited about the deal. So once we get that lead, we get them, sign up the co-investors and move forward. Uh, we anticipate that deal being done by, I would say, early to mid-spring. I'm assuming if we're talking about this on a podcast that you're using some kind of exemption like a 506C or something like that that would allow us to talk about it publicly? Yes. Right now, before we get to that seed round that is launching, the larger seed round, we are still raising on our equity crowdfunding round. So that is a Reg CF exemption. We are doing it on wefunder.com. So if you just went wefunder.com forward slash ARKHAUS, which is A-R-K-H-A-U-S, you'll see that we've raised 
almost $500,000 through WeFunder. The rest of it was through angel investment that came outside of WeFunder. And that's how we got to that million dollars for the year. That equity crowdfunding round will remain open until we fully launch the seed round uh, in Q1 of this year. Fabulous. Yeah. And I, and I know the folks at WeFunder, they're a good platform. It's a good team. So you definitely chose a, a great crowdfunding platform to work with. Well, Sam, if folks want to connect, if they want to learn more, what's the best way? Twitter. Uh, you can Arkhaus Miami, A-R-K-H-A-U-S Miami, or you can get me at Payrovi2. That's P-A-Y-R-O-V-I-2. Easiest way. We respond quickly. Uh, happy to have a chat with partners potential members, potential investors, and people that just want to talk about it. We're very excited about it. We love talking about it. So give us an excuse to. Fabulous. And do you have a website as well? We do. And it's just arkhouse.miami. And that's the full website. Well, Sam, love the perspective, love what you're doing. And for the listeners at home, definitely connect with Sam. Check out arkhouse.miami. The link will be in the show notes or connect with him via Twitter at arkhouse.miami. And in the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.